Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to episode 15 of Is This Place Haunted? Is it? I think this week this place is haunted to be honest with you. There's a bit of a debate about it but I was like oof this is like crazy. So Are you talking about your place or the place you researched? The place I researched. I actually don't think my place is haunted at all. Do you know this? I was actually thinking um I had someone come in the other day there to view the house, obviously, because I'm selling it. And um, she was like, she knew all about the funeral parlor downstairs. And I was just like, look, babes, I was like, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't tell her about the couple of strange things that happened if you like when we first started doing the podcast. But I was actually like, nothing happened here. If you didn't know about downstairs, you would not know. Like, you would have no idea. Do you know what I mean? It's a normal, nice. I can vouch. You can. I can vouch because remember I came to stay yours mm-hmm. and I slept like a fucking baby. It's a really calm house. Do you know I went into this um so where I live there's this amazing like witchy shop that sells like crystals and like alternative healing stuff. It's amazing. And I went into the guy and I was like, oh, it was New Year's and me and my ex-partner were like basically gonna do like a we're doing this like new year's ritual thing like so basically on, on at midnight we were supposed to like do all these things by like the the hearth and stuff because we've got like loads of fireplaces and we told him oh we live above a funeral parlor and he was literally like oh he's like he's like that's just people passing through he's like the people you don't have to worry about the dead he's like it's people in life you need to worry about and I was like, if only I'd known True. that at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. I, I feel like he was like giving you this lie, like, girl, you got something else to worry about. Like bending his head, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like a 45 degree angle, like, love it. <laughs> you might want to think about this. In fairness to what we're getting at, I have to say that New Year's was one of the happiest New Year's I've ever had. Like we had such a nice night that night. So I won't take that away. But yeah, of course, and that's a lovely way to spend the new year. Like, see, one new year, right? I was working Hogmanay and I lived about like 
an hour and a bit drive away from home and I finished work at like nine at night and I just honestly could not be arsed driving back home so I went back to my like cozy wee flat which was in a converted church it was the most stunning flat ever and I journaled manifested wrote my plans for the year and I was like this is the best new year I've ever had I'm not even joking it was the best new year ever you know, it's it's my birthday tomorrow, as I may have mentioned as well, and and it it would have been my wedding day on Saturday, right? And instead of making a big massive hoo ha and like distracting stuff like that, I literally just was like, right, I'm gonna spend time with myself. I'm gonna like self care. I'm gonna watch something I really want to watch on TV, and I just and you know what? On Saturday, I had a really lovely night, like myself, and I was totally fine about that. And right enough, people were texting me and being like, oh, like, how are you feeling? Blah, 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 which was really lovely. But I just, I actually had a great time. And I watched the bo- the women's boxing with my friend virtually. Like, we were, like, watching it together. And then tomorrow for my birthday, because it's not been, like, the best year, I'm not making a hoo-ha about it. So I didn't make any plans. Um, So I'll wake up tomorrow. No one's going to be here. But I'm just going to be like, I'll make myself a really nice breakfast. I'll do the day. And then apparently my mom's coming over mm-hmm. at night and stuff. But what I'm trying to say is basically people make a big deal about like certain events that you need to like be with people and you need to like proper party in or whatever and sometimes that's just not the right thing to do you should really like focus on yourself and do like a hundred percent totally like a hundred percent like that new year I was like everyone around me is like going to get pissed and pull strangers and I am literally sitting manifesting with my candles and I could not be happier. I'm telling I you. I could not be happier. Totally, totally. And I have to say, up until I was together with my partner, I don't think I had one new year before that that I actually enjoyed. Like, I'm not kidding. No, literally. Yeah. Literally. Also, if I told you that you're like two days um, before my sister's birthday. Oh, my God. Another Libran. I love it. She's a Libran. What a fucking legend then. Mm-hmm. God lover, I was um, I am. Um, I'm not. <laughs> Sunny just spoke to me. I'm gonna tell. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can tell this story on the podcast, right? But long story short, I feel like my sister. I don't. I honestly don't even know the origin of this joke. I think that there was like her tump. We went right. <laughs> we went shopping together, and we both got Calvin Klein pants. Right. Right. And I, for some reason, was speaking to her about it a week later. And I was like, oh, have you worn your pants? And she was like, oh, no, I think, like, the tumble machine might be wrecked them or something. And she had to throw them out. And uh, me and my brother-in-law just started telling everyone she had skid marks. And she had to throw <laughs> her pants out. Right? <laughs> so it's now, like, a running joke that we call her skiddy, right? And one year we got a Chinese. And there was, do you know when you take the Chinese so far that it comes in a box? Yeah. <laughs> and we wrote on the box, me and my brother-in-law's just to skiddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's like this running joke. And I, I was looking for birthday cards for her and I got her one. <laughs> <laughs> I got her one off. Like, have you seen the Inbetweeners episode where Will's like, did you used to skid as a kid? And yeah. he like starts skidding around the floor. Well, I got her that. It was like, do you skid as a kid? And I was like, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Stop so spending ages in that. I love it. I'm so, such a nice sister. Um, and she listens to the podcast. <laughs> so hi, hi, Skiddy. Hey, Skids. 
good mark you and um, <laughs> i'm telling you um well skinny aside i hope she has a happy birthday this week because um is it what sister is it is your oldest or middle or what it's uh, Debbie, so um, she's had a bit of a rough time of it in the last month or so. So, um, yeah, I've got her some nice things to send over for her birthday. Even stuff like that, like, this is a shit thing about being in New Zealand. Yeah. Just being able to pop and see my sister. Exactly, yeah. Well, we know what you're doing there. Anyway, um, what was going to yeah. say? So really, really quickly, and I know we're going to try and cut back on the Bravo chat or whatever, but um, I'm going to I'm going to say now. I saw the the greatest thing ever on Instagram this morning. Right. So. Oh my God, what? Well, it might not mean anything to you because you're not into that series or whatever. But BravoCon was this weekend, which, by the way, I wish the fuck had gone to because it looked amazing, amazing. Like everyone was there, <laughs> Brandy, everybody. Um, and BravoCon is so expensive to go to. By the way, it's like over a thousand pounds or dollars. I was going to say, I'm not surprised. Well, I would pay that shit to be honest with you. That would be that would be my honeymoon to myself to go to BravoCon. But oh a, yes, there was an announcement this morning that there's going to be a spin-off series from new york that's all around luann and sonia my two literal like fave housewives oh my god yay i was literally like oh my god this is gonna be so good i love anything that's andy cohen's present for you for your birthday honestly it was like it's like a gift from god i was like what luann and sonia just luann and sonia i was like that is amazing and it's like a spin-off show so i was like fucking great um also, by the way, the reunion this week. Did you watch it? I can't remember because we. I don't think we discussed the, it. the Beverly Hills one. Bev Hills, yeah, yeah. So, they promised me drama. I know they promised me drama, and all they did was attack Crystal for nothing as usual. And then they were like, "However, however, however." I listen, I watched this TikTok about Crystal, right? Mm-hmm. And I like see when she said to Kyle, "Didn't you use the word violate?" violated when when your house was burgled and she was like yeah but my house was burgled yeah no um and somebody said do you know what it is with crystal that they couldn't put their finger on and i'm not saying in like in this situation it was right she was right or wrong but there's something about her that i've been struggling to put my fingers on and she's like it's that she invalidates everybody else or she basically deflects lying or doing things by saying but that was my experience like she was bullshitting about something she was bullshitting about but see she said something very dark Sam didn't say something very dark. No, did she, she didn't. say something that was like a bit like an old mom trying her best? Yes, she absolutely did. Yeah, and she apologized for it. But yeah. she was like, "That was dark to me. I find it offensive." And like everyone else is like, "But you basically made it sound like she had said something horrendously racist." Yeah, and it totally wasn't. What well, like I mean, I do understand where you're coming from. Like she was trying to like say, "Look, I'm progressive. I'm not racist in any way." I think everyone, and she did. She said it like an old mum, but I don't think there, she said it like one of those old white savior people. Like that's what she sounded like. I don't know. I was just like sometimes i think she was just trying to say that she's totally fine with like any kind of integration of like ethnics um eth- like ethnic minorities and stuff i think she was like i love to see it happening like that's the way it came across hmm. it was like i just love to see that like everyone can be friends yeah um but i don't i i really i maybe her delivery wasn't the best but i really didn't th- see what was offensive about that and maybe that's a white thing i don't know but like i just I, as a, i am a caucasian and stuff but like i don't think that I don't think she meant. But Garcelle didn't. Yeah, Garcelle was like, "What's wrong with that?" Like, yeah. 
Garcelle Garcelle is so badly like she's oh and by the way they mentioned her playboy pictures um on the show that had been sent to her son which is horrific Mm -hmm. obviously but I checked out her playboy spread and I was like damn that woman is fine like so do you know what she still is oh she's so see when it was her 55th birthday I was like what I know I was like fuck me she's so beautiful she's just so hot like she's so hot like to be that hot imagine I wouldn't get I was out of bed (laughs) fuck anyway um so I was disappointed by the reunion um, I just feel like so I'm looking forward to Kathy coming next week because I think she's coming with like all the all the the, the stuff next week. She's got like, tea bags from everywhere. She's like, right, lads. She is ready for it. And do you know what, Rena? Um, like the sentiment around Rena is that she needs to go now because she was at the she was at Bravacom. She got booed on the stage. Like, <gasps> did she? Mm-hmm. And she came out and stuff, and it was so uncomfortable that everyone like made a face when she came out. It was like, shit, she because like. No one really hates a housewife. Like, like if you love Bravo, no. like you love the drama. Like Jen Shah, I, I know she's done a lot of bad things. I even I don't think she would be booed even. <laughs> no, I don't think she was because she's like literally a really entertaining housewife, and she's really funny this series. But like, and I don't think she's as nasty. I mean, obviously she has done very nasty, questionable things, but I don't think she's as nasty on the show as what Lisa Rinna has been. No. Lisa really is a nasty person. She really is, and um, Eric is a fuckwit as well. So it's like, nah. But um, the new best series in Housewives, in my opinion, is Salt Lake. I I don't think I can fault it. Hundred percent. It's one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, I'm disengaging, sweetie. I'm disengaging. The only thing I will say, and someone made a really good point about this. I think it was either on Watch What Crappens or something. They said that the problem with Meredith is, as much as I do like her as well. I do feel that she has, to, she just has to hammer something until it's like dead. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she went on about Jen in the first series and the whole stuff about the social media with Brooks and everything, and like wouldn't give it up, even though like, even though Jen had apologized profusely, continuously. It's the same with Lisa in this series. She keeps apologizing, saying that she made yeah. a mistake and stuff, and she's just like, no, I need to feel her. And what she wants is for Lisa to break down at her knees and big yeah that's what she yeah. wants um yeah i feel i actually really feel for lisa in this one but she's literally the clumsiest with words and see when she was like i'm not gonna slip my wrists with anybody and i was like oh lisa hon you're literally like your foot is basically living in your mouth but even so right i i totally get that but like i do think it was an expressing expression that she used which maybe wasn't the best to do to do as you say put her foot in her mouth but then, like Markle, uh, uh, Megan Markle, um, Meredith Marks was like, <laughs> like, "Oh my God, you don't even know what yeah. to say." And I was just like, "She made a mistake. Like, she's not attacking yeah, yeah. your whomever it was that took his own life, which was tragic, no. obviously." But like, do you know what I mean? I just felt like, "Come on, babes! Like, you're just milking it now." She does. You know, when Heather was like, "You're coming across as like a condescending, superior bitch," like she <clears> hit the nail on the head. She fucking did as well. Do you know, I, I, my favourite other podcast I listen to is, as I mentioned before, is Watch What Happens, which is so funny. Like, they basically, what they do is in every episode, they, like, reenact it, and then they discuss it while they're Oh, my re-enacting. God, I need to listen. It's 
so fucking funny it's the funniest podcast ever and even i'm sure even they were like they don't give like they they like heather but they don't give her the credit that she deserves like the time they mention her i'm just like you know she's the funniest and the the brightest of the of the of the women on that series but they don't give her like the full status do you know what i mean and she just oh my god also what the hell was whitney whitney was a hot mess what what I hate when Whitney does that. I can't decide if she's really stupid or really manipulative. I can't decide. I think really stupid. I think she's really stupid as well. No, I, I need I just... to resolve this. And then she was, she caused all that drama and then was literally like, you two need to take it outside or whatever. And you're just like, but you started it. And then she turned on Heather. <laughs> I know. Of all people. Imagine. And I, I believe Heather. I don't think she heard her say that at Same. all. Same. I do not, and I don't think she would benefit because of all the when She was like, "If I'd known, I would have fucking loved it." That's what she says. She's like, "I would have no, loved to have known I that." You know, I think I'd love to hear that. Like she was proper. And by the way, can I just say, believe her. I totally believe her. And also, Lisa Barlow running out of the kitchen crying was the funniest. Oh my god, I know. Fucking arms going. Oh my god, it was the run though. And- so funny it's like exit stage right I know and then the other best thing about that episode was and I know she's very controversial but Jane Shaw has got the most rock in his body I was like proper like yeah oh my god the women are so hot like anyway um shall we stop the housewife chats before it gets too wild I do genuinely yeah maybe I was thinking like maybe you know somewhere in the future we can release the housewives as a separate off topic and make it just do the case i think we should do it once a month like literally just do a, like a wee mini episode like the latest with housewives because we fucking love it so why not let's do um, it let's do let's do this um right <coughs> to the actual episode in hand let's get to it can't wait this I is one that- of like the first stories that got me into like ghost hunting and stuff like that i know i hope i do it justice i did actually spend quite a lot of time on it yesterday um I was thinking as well, I need to get better at researching because like, you know, you listen to things like Morbid and I was like, basically I was reading about Morbid because obviously um, Elena's just brought a book out and it's doing really well and they're with Wondery now. So they're doing like a lot of really good content. And she was interviewed and said that she was like, literally my research that goes into the episodes takes me like it's it's more it's like more detailed than anything I would do at my own job and stuff like she really takes it seriously. Oh, totally. Like, they read, like, a a couple of books per episode, and I'm just like, fuck me. Like, I couldn't find the time for that, so I don't know how they do it. But but anyway, yeah, so I spent a lot of time on this yesterday, so hopefully I do it justice. Um, Do you know, I actually didn't know anything about it. Really? Mm -hmm. I was, like, proper, like... So it's the first time that I've actually proper read about it. So um, I knew of it, but I didn't actually know the story. Like, and I didn't realize like what I I didn't realize it was, it was a haunting. I thought it was just like a, a like a like like you know like a witch, like a like a legend about like a witch. an urban legend. Oh yeah, thing. almost. I didn't realize. So yeah, so this week, guys, um, for everyone that's tuned in for the spookiness, um, I am doing it on the Bell Witch or the Bell Witch haunting, um which was a, a super interesting case. So um, I'll kick off. So um, so the Bell Witch or the Bell Witch Haunting, um, it's a legend from southern United States. It's like a folklore piece centred on the 19th century Bell, um, Bell family of northwest Robertson County in Tennessee. Tennessee, y'all. 
Um, oh my God, are you from Tennessee? I'm from Tennessee. 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 Um, the story revolved around the haunting of the Bell family's farmhouse, okay, which became the focal point of an intense poltergeist, um, sort of disembodied, um, like haunting um, of activity. Um, what I didn't know um, is it's actually considered the most well documented haunting in the history of the world. So it's basically, and so not just in American history, which it is obviously, but it's also considered like worldwide, like so well documented. Um, so basically, the it takes place um, in the 1800s. So um, in a place called Rev River, which was a pious uh, farming community. Um, so it was a heavily um, Baptist area with like lots of churches. Everyone was pure mad for it and stuff. Um, and it comprised what? in this in the Bible Belt of America. You yeah, know. I know. I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> but yeah. So <laughs> the so the community itself um, was actually comprised of mostly farming families, so lots of different land. Um, the wealthiest farm owners um, tended to have their labor provided by. Um, unfortunately and as you would predictably know at that stage by slaves so enslaved women and men so the majority of the wealthier farms um had people basically working for free like like a fucking nightmare or whatever so yeah um, it's that type of area kind of what you watch in the films and stuff um john bell moved his family from north carolina to red river in 1804 um, he had bought a 340-acre um, farm, which is fucking massive, by the way. Um, they quickly established themselves as one of the wealthiest farm owners in the area, um, again, whose labour was predominantly provided by enslaved men and women. Um, John was um, pretty well, um, pretty well, like, uh, respected in the area from all the different sort of farm owners and stuff like that he was also like heavily involved in their local baptist church as were all of his family of which is which was very large and um, he also served as an elder um which was pretty um you know like basically like high status and stuff like that in those types of communities i mean high status in any church going community is an elder because like my granny and stuff used to go to a church and where i'm from originally and they had elders and remember they used to talk about the elders of the church really? and stuff. So yeah it's like super interesting but like my church I, i'm not the i wasn't um christened in the the, uh, the the like the church of scotland i'm christened in a wing of a church which is kind of closely affiliated with more the kind of like baptist type of not baptist but like it's a different wing of that type of church basically yeah. um but i won't go into i'm a non-christened heathen child <laughs> are you not oh my god um yeah. well there you go um so john had a very large family um with multiple children um however this tale specifically kind of revolves around both himself more predominantly and his daughter elizabeth who was kind of like a middle child um she was known as betsy um she became the kind of almost like the target of this particular haunting um so the bell family lived quite happily on the land um albeit with their problematic ways of working um for around about 13 years in the area before this all started kicking off um so there it all began with their on their farmland themselves in 1817 um they started witnessing like really strange things in the farm there was like um like like basically what it was was there was like 
almost like beast-like animals started to get spotted in the area. Um, John Bell himself witnessed the apparition of a strange creature resembling a dog that would like haunt the farm, basically. Um, Bell once fired at the animal, but it just simply disappeared. Um, John's son, Drew Bell, approached um, an unknown bird perched on a fence that flew off and was an extraordinary size. Um, and there, um, and as well as that, like their daughter Betsy also observed a girl in a green dress swinging um, off the limb of an oak tree. So they were seeing like lots of different strange things like on the farm. Um, their enslaved men and women as well who worked on the farm also began seeing really strange sightings of animals. Um, they were almost like, you know, how like Native Americans would describe as like, I think they described them as like almost like they were shapeshifters because they were kind of like malformed and things like that. Um, a man, an enslaved man called Dean, um, apparently witnessed a large black dog, which then actually attacked him on the farm. And so he also like uh, reported that back to like the Bell family that he'd seen this and he'd seen it quite frequently on the farm as well, but he was actually attacked by it. Um, but there was continuous, like, like lots of really strange phenomena like that. Like, um, even on where, like, the enslaved men and women that worked on the farm, like, where they lived and stuff, they started to, like, experience, like, weird things, like, on their houses, like, knocking on the wall and stuff like that that just came from nowhere and there had seemed to be no source of it. So it's, like, kind of affecting everyone that was on the land. <clears throat> Um, the the men and women on the farm um also began seeing strange sight um started seeing strange lights sorry uh, on the edge of the woods so they started in the woods and they started to get closer and closer to the farm itself um they referred to them as dead man's candles or floating lights and they would hover on the edge of the woods and then they seemed to creep closer and closer to the farmhouse but they never actually reached the farmhouse so it was always like in the middle distance if you know what I mean but that started to happen um, a lot more frequently as well. Um, and eventually, once um, all this has started happening on the farm, um, I'm just going to check the time, six minutes, go on. Um, and once they started um, seeing that on the farm, they basically also started to experience um, disturbances in the house itself. So the Bell family started to hear things like strange noises, like footsteps that had no like source. There was scratches on the walls. Um, there was things like rats were um the sound of rats were gnawing on bedposts and stuff like that. Like during the night, um, there's also just like r- random rapping of the door. Um, they remember. Oh my well- god. I know, and there was things that, like, it was almost like stones or something were being thrown onto the roof of the house. And then eventually they actually started to feel things touching them in the house, like, actually, like, pushing them and, like, hitting them and stuff. But there was, like, who was it? Like, there was, like, it, there was, like, no one there doing it, basically. They couldn't at all find the um, the source of what these actual sounds were. Um, there was also very strange sounds that started happening in the house, in the actual house itself, where they heard someone gulping and choking um and they heard it it was like a female voice and again they searched all over the house outside the house but they could not find the source of it so it was really quite strange this went on for like quite some time um and eventually the family began to believe that the haunting was um was happening because of a witch you know back then like bible belt people all that type of thing they're like yeah (laughs) the only explanation for this must be a witch so basically, because John was so um, senior in the church and what have you, and they were actually obviously really well known in the community, they decided to call in some help from like ministers and like friends who were involved in the church. 
um and through because this was like um just about to kick off into the kind of spiritualist phase of like you know the from 1840 um they started to do things like seances because they wanted to try and connect to whatever this entity was they discovered when they eventually connected to the entity that she called herself kate and her intention was and that she actually like this is the thing you'll hear this throughout the the podcast but they literally this 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 person spoke continuously to the family and it wasn't just like one off like i'm here or whatever it was like full disembodied voices giving you full sentences of what they were planning on doing so it turns more than one person in the family as well that's what makes it so compelling it wasn't one person hearing a consistent voice it was all of them i know totally so basically um so um the woman kate or this woman kate that came forward says that her intention was to kill john bell imagine that um and she's lovely i know and she frequently stated that um john bell was a bad man she said that initially but she also said it like continuously throughout like they used to hear disembodied voices about the farm and it would say things like that so it was obviously gunning for john himself However, his daughter Betsy, who um, with her father appeared to be the target of this entity, um, she would do things like she'd be walking around the house and she'd feel her hair pulled. Um, she would be scratched, pinched, and then sometimes she would be stuck with pins, she felt. It just continuously would like just harass her compared to all the other children. The witch itself also became kind of almost like obsessive about Betsy. Um, like it was basically kind of like, as they described it, like, the witch became like a possessive, jealous mother almost, or more possessive mother. Um, and it used to follow her wherever she went. Um, one example is she went over to a neighbor's house one night, and while they were all in the house, this sudden gust of wind blew open the door. And it was like pure dramatic, like blew open. All the candles in the room went out and stuff like that. And as they were rushing about to light the candles and stuff and try and work out what had blown open the door or if something was at the door, they lit the candles to see that the light, um, the actual door itself was closed. So it had blown open and it was just like closed again. Um, And then apparently while Betsy Betsy was in the house, she heard a disembodied voice stating, Betsy, you should not have come over here. You know I can follow you anywhere. Now get a good night's sleep. Oh, I, that's exactly what I'll be doing, Bill. Which I'll be sleeping well. I know. I'm like, thanks, babes. Um. Oh, as she should say as well, Kate apparently was a witch. That's what she stated as well in the original thing. So they were right, and it was a witch. But who knows? Um. So after this occurrence, though, it was really weird. So she used to play like hot and cold with Betsy. So one minute she would be like doing shit like that and then the next minute she would be like really affectionate towards her and Betsy had said that after that particular event she said there was an affectionate moment from the witch where she stated that she would no longer haunt her the way she'd haunted her and she touched her cheek like an affectionate like oh my God. manner this is like this is like a narcissist abuse almost yeah it, it was so like that um however the haunt on the, however that witch was lying or whatever because Betsy continued to be harassed by the by the witch itself so much so um Betsy was due to get married to a neighbor called Joshua um 
and but the witch didn't seem to want this to happen and she literally did everything in her power to like prevent them like being together like basically turned up harassing to like full scale and stuff and because of this the engagement actually fell apart and josh and betsy um never actually married um because they just felt like whatever this unforeseen entity was doing would just didn't want them to come together in a union so that bitch also broke up her long-lasting relationship. So that is, that's some ghost when you're doing that or whatever. Um, that's commitment. That is commitment. So basically the entity that was haunting John and Betsy continued to do this for a further three years. Um, and it seems to be no end in sight, just the continuous targeting of them. The weird thing, though, that I read about this as well is that the witch seemed to, like, have a real soft spot for John Bell's wife, Lucy, who was not harassed by the ghost at all. In fact, um, apparently... Oh, my God. Yeah, apparently the the witch or whatever displayed, like, a considerable amount of kindness to her. And the witch would give Lucy um, fresh fruit and would sing some... Like, you know how they could hear, like, the voices and stuff? She would sing hymns to her. Um, The witch also had a bit of a favouritism for John Bell's um, son, John Bell Jr., um, who, again, was not as troubled by the haunting as some of the other children and stuff. So she seemed to be, like, right into the mother and right into the oldest son, which is super interesting. Um, As I said, however, the disturbances kept happening and it kept getting worse and worse over time. Um, The family themselves as a whole were continuously attacked by the entity. Um, You know, kids getting pushed around and stuff like that. And it just seemed to be, like, awful um she also began to beat the younger children um like literally physically beat them um and also they would hear things like yelling and shrieking and cursing um but they could never find the source of where this actual voice was coming from and this was like all over the farm like not just in the house itself so this bitch was really up for ruining their lives or whatever do you know what i mean she was like committed to ruining their lives all Mm. of them Full commitment. So basically, um, because it became such a prolific case, um, the word actually, and there was lots of writing about it in the local papers and what have you, the case itself began to kind of travel across the country and people used to like want to come and see it and stuff. So so the farm itself was kind of like a lot of like paranormal enthusiasts like descended upon them. Um, they also, um, and this was like continuously, someone stated as well, because of the amount of people that used to come and they would actually experience the intensity of the experience of the entities, like sort of hauntings it's, itself. Um, it felt that as more people came, the entity got stronger and stronger and more powerful. So it did not help their case. Um, some did state it as saying that they felt the Bell Witch um, was just feeding off people's fear and growing stronger all the time. So was 100%. That-, that sounds like classical like demon description or bad, bad energy, I guess. Totally. Um, there was one visitor, a man called Frank Miles, um, arrived at the farm he was a strong, brave man said to stand at seven foot tall and he weighed quite a lot as well. So he was a huge, big man. Um, he stated that he wanted to personally challenge the witch because he felt he was strong enough to, to take it. Um, and he basically, um, the Bell family decided that they would allow him to stay over like one night to experience it for himself and like kind of like tackle this woman like head on or whatever. Um, however, the night that he stayed over, the Bell family woke up to find him 
the like frantically scared and he was like running around the house like um, basically fearing for his life um he immediately fleed from the house and he never returned again so there you are you can't <laughs> pretend to be a hard man and you're just like mm, nah, it's not gonna work out for you i would i would like to have seen that <laughs> yeah just like a seven foot man just like you're running around the house like <laughs> if you're mad or whatever um <laughs> so there was that happened um and then basically the case itself again because it became so famous they actually had the president of the united states at the time decided that he wanted to come to it so um this was president andrew jackson um obviously he's quite a problematic president as far as his um his opinion on ab- the abolition of slavery um he owned land in red river so there was there this is kind of almost like lore but some of the cases i looked at or some of the things i researched online they actually gave quotes from when he actually traveled there so there's two different stories basically but what happened was him and his party party had decided they wanted to travel to the house itself so he traveled all the way down from i don't know i presume washington down to this this house and stuff um, on the pretense that he was both going to see his land, but also going to see what was happening in this thing. As they were traveling around the the sort of farmland to get to the actual house itself, they were traveling with a coach. Um, and on the coach itself was a, um, like, I think he was either in it or he was traveling alongside it, but the wheel just suddenly jammed when they were on their way there. There was no explanation for it. It just, like, just stopped moving. Like, something was, like, invisible, was just blocking it. And then Andrew Jackson said that he overheard a woman's or he heard a woman's voice saying, um, saying something to him, witchy or whatever. And he was quoted as saying, by the eternal boys, this is the witch. The party themselves then after that heard a voice say aloud, all right, general, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. And he said at that moment, the wheel itself unfroze and was able to move freely again. So they went a bit further down the road um, and then basically because it was a long journey, they decided to camp up. So they camped up that night in the woods, basically. And the the plan was that they were going to head on to the Bell's house the next morning. That night, as promised, the entity um, came to him, revealing itself. One of his party tried to shoot it because that's what they do in america you just shoot things or whatever um america yeah but the gun jammed and the entity in fact attacked the person who was holding the gun with that jackson's party decided this was like too much or whatever and they decided to head back home for fear of basically like the witch itself so they eventually they so they said fuck this and just left um so this is where it gets kind of like her history blurs a little bit because I was watching this other guy who was talking about this whole event and he said that Andrew Jackson Jackson sorry in fact did reach the house he stayed for dinner and they had a big massive hoo-ha um but while he was there the witch told Andrew Jackson that there was like frauds in his party and he was to watch his back basically um and this was documented actual fact in um that, that this of uh, this actual um version of events happened in Richard Bell's manuscript, who's one of the sons. Um, he he had a diary that he used to he used to write in, and he basically converted it into a book. The book is called Our Family Trouble, um, the Bell Witch, and that's where he said that Andrew Jackson, in fact, did make it to the house, and this all happened and stuff. I'm inclined to believe the first story because 
it's probably within their interest to say that Andrew Jackson turned up at the house and it was like, oh, like he was, you know, we welcomed the president and this is what happened to him. So I think he probably just didn't make it down, but that was one of the, the yeah. main stories that came out of it. So yeah. yeah, so the hauntings continued and began to become more and more intense, as I said before, because of the amount of like kind of attention to it. However, um, it started to um, manifest itself more as kind of almost like emotional and physical distress. Remember again, not to refer back to it, but when we did the Enfield Portergeist, like the whole thing about the family was that over to after all the years that they'd suffered this, they were just starting to like fall apart um, because it was yeah. just so distressing. Similar thing used to, was happening obviously to the Bell family because they just there was just no end to the harassment that they were enduring. However, mm. eventually. Um, the family were hit with like a real crisis. So John Bell, at this point, he was 70 years old. He suddenly fell into a coma. Um, And up until this point, he'd actually continuously suffered what they referred to as mouth paralysis. So John struggled to breathe. He struggled to swallow. He was pretty much bed bound. Um, He he like he couldn't really fend for himself and there seemed to be no end to this like he wasn't going to recover from it um one one day the family went into his room and they found um john unconscious in his bed um and then next to his bed john bell jr said that they found what what they referred to as a black liquid that was just sat by his bed um as on the discovery of this, John Bell heard a disembodied voice claim that she had killed John Bell with poison and he, he heard what was like a manic laugh as well as like this that she stated. So basically the entity was suggesting that she had like taken his life. Um, the other thing that happened, hold on a second, my things just moved. Um, and yeah, that's um, that's like the famous part of the Bell Witch that I know is like the laughter heard after she claims to have poisoned him. Yeah, but I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, like, John Bell had a stroke. That's what it sounds like. Well, yeah, that's kind of like, um, well, we'll get to that basically, but we'll yeah, get to it. <laughs> so we basically, so yeah, so unfortunately, John obviously did pass away and stuff, and the, the reports were that they heard laughing of this bell witch even to the point of his funeral so they were putting this guy in the ground and they heard manic laughing from a disembodied voice while they were burying him um so pretty horrific stuff so it looks like the bell witch basically fulfilled her prophecy and actually like killed him in the end so um after his death and after his burial, it seemed like the um, the hauntings had actually now come to an end. There was rarely any kind of other like thing that went on and stuff. So it seemed to be that the witch was really just targeting him. Not even for Betsy as well. Like it, it just seemed to there was a real calm and peace came over the house, and they were able to just like live their lives normally. Um, however, eight years later. John Bell Jr., who by this point had already established himself as like a profitable farm, farm, farming man in his own right, um, he was basically approached by the, the Bell Witch again, just out of nowhere. Um, the, the witch um, returned to basically tell him, and this happened consecutively for like, I think it was like three days or something like that, um, the haunting started, but she stated that... Um, she would return in 107 years' time to haunt their direct descendants. 
Um, and after um, and while this was all she was saying this to him, apparently the witch after haunting turned into a glowing ball of light and then just disappeared. So by this point, Whoa. she said this: one hundred and seven years um, would be nineteen thirty-five. So they looked at Kate, like basically they searched up the family, like obviously research and stuff, searched up the family and stuff, and there was no documented haunting um, in 1935 at all to the family. So whatever she was promising didn't transpire at that point. However, in 1890, so this was 62 years after John Jr. had this weird thing happen to him, there was a preacher and his wife who lived in Tennessee, so around about the same area, and they also started experiencing really strange happenings in their house. Um, the phenomena, again, only happened over several days, so it wasn't as consistent like the years that happened to the Bell Witch. Um, but the main thing that happened was that coal started to get thrown around their house, so it would be thrown at, like, furniture at windows it would smash up the place and stuff and then basically apparently the preacher's wife got hit in the face a couple of times by the coal so not great <laughs> however <laughs> sorry i just like as well. however um the 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 explanation for this although it was reported as a haunting um the explanation for this is considered that it could be pranksters there was it the, for some reason like one of the towns nearby that the same thing happened like basically someone was throwing coal into someone's house and the perpetrator of which actually like fled the town but they think that this is more likely although they swear down they were like no this was like a haunting and stuff like that there's no explanation for it they think it's more likely that it was people from the outside just like throwing stuff in but who knows but anyway that happened in 1890 so they pre- they presumed that that was the bell witch again attacking another family or maybe got confused and went to another house but um so there was lots of different phenomenon back then the only thing that has occurred again to the bell witch or to the from the bell witch to the bell family actually happened really really recently in 2018 so bob bell who is a direct descendant of john bell he's the fifth great grandson um, in 2018, he shared an account where his grandmother had phoned up his house um, to his dad and said, you have to come over here, like something weird's happening. So the, they turned up at his house and apparently her she had, was in one room and she heard her china cabinet get opened up. And apparently all of the china when she walked in the door was just on the floor, like it had been thrown out, basically. But the weird thing was, okay, it was all on the floor, but nothing was smashed it was just all piled up. So it sounded like it had fallen out, but it was all just like stacked, like on the floor and nothing had been smashed. They said that this um that this occurrence um or these weird happenings started going on for like, it was more like days rather than years. Um, so for several, several days and stuff, like they kept hearing again, like disembodied, like weird sounds and voices. And they most pre- prevalently heard them um, Foot, like heavy footsteps and they couldn't see the source of where the footsteps were coming and um, this continued um up until eventually um bob went into his grandmother's basement or his dad found a bible in the basement and the date of the bible because it was an old family bible for the bell family the date was actually dated 1820 which was the last year of the original hauntings in the bell witch like house so, oh after, so after they removed the bible the hauntings just stopped and that was in 2018 so that was like a few years ago or whatever um and apparently everything's gone back to normal it's never happened again so yeah pretty weird so basically 
because of this um although it's a super well documented case and stuff um and people are pretty like well people that believe in it truly believe that it was a witch haunting there's also kind of alternative theories to what they think might have happened so the main thing which is throwing people down a certain route is the fact that john died the way he did so at that time rather sadly um arsenic poisoning became quite a well-used method uh for people basically want it off folk so basically um because of the enslaved individuals on the farm obviously people want to escape they want to get out of that situation and stuff they actually think that potentially the this is quite controversial but this is a theory that um the enslaved people on the farm maybe attempted to poison john with arsenic um it's also kind of backed up by the fact that the enslaved people who were working there um are made to work there against their will basically kind of like spurred on the, the the kind of ghost theory because like dean himself had said that you know he was attacked by a black dog and then after that point a lot of other of the enslaved people you said that they saw the same black dog so what we think is they were trying to kind of stir up like almost like an alternative reason to why this could happen all the time kind of planning to essentially like off john bell himself also if you remember me saying that the ghost kept or the witch kept referring to john as a bad man now i don't know anyone that's more of a bad man that forces people and like enslaves them to work on their farm so he was obviously quite an considered to be a quite an evil guy um so the thought is that potentially the their workers actually poisoned him um this was kind of backed up as well um by um the fact that like because it was so prevalent for people at that time to do that kind of thing they think that was pen- potentially uh, a reason i'll get to why as well in a second of why that could be the case um another alternative theory was that the fact that the bell family um had actually got into a dispute with one of their neighbors um a woman called mary Catherine betts also known as kate funnily enough kate's husband and family member had gone to a, do- a dispute with john bell over um basically the sale of one of their enslaved individuals on the farm um this had gone on for years and years and developed actually genuinely until like a massive feud between the two families um however although this is a theory that she might have been involved there was actually no direct evidence to connect kate with the poisoning and she always fervently denied that she had anything to do with it um or anything to do with the actual hauntings themselves i guess when you think back as well you like if you think about it it could be kind of like the type of haunting it was it could be harassment it could be someone like you know just playing tricks on them to like that extent but who knows they also believe that the haunting could have been caused by a native american um like because it was like obviously a native american site that they were on like everywhere in america and stuff so they they believed at that time that it could have been a disgruntled um like obviously tribe like that was haunting the family because they had desecrated like obviously like hallowed land where people were buried so that was another more like kind of extraordinary sort of theory that could that could have caused the events themselves not so not just the witch something like that given pure carry vibes um also another theory is that again because it was such a religious like community um even like something that could be explained away away by logic the first case they'll always go to like their more kind of fantastical biblical references and obviously there are witches in the bible and stuff like that and because they believed in all that type of thing um they think it's more likely that 
the general consensus of the, the this church going area probably just went it's a witch and that was it and that's like what everyone believed so again it's that 100%. kind of like it's like that pack mentality that everyone like you know oh we think it's this or this must be what it is kind of thing so back to the poisoning as well so John John Bell, in fact, years later, they did actually discover through like research that they do believe that he was in fact poisoned by arsenic. A chemistry professor called Dr. Megan Mann at Austin Peay State University studied the case and she also studied the symptoms that were reported by John Bell Jr. As I've mentioned before, his symptoms were a funny sensation in his tongue. He struggled to breathe and swallow. His face would twitch and his body would twitch. Now, this is all um, like similar symptoms to what would be a kind of, you'll know, like if you're poisoned by like a metal, like I guess like mercury or whatever. And she does believe that arsenic was the cause of his death. The Bell family themselves also believed that it could have been arsenic. Um, so they're such bastards, by the way. So after the day after he died, they took the the liquid that they found on the day of his death. They took the liquid that they discovered next to his bed and they fed it to a family cat which obviously I was just, <gasps> yeah. And then the next day, Dick. I know dicks. And then the next day the cat had died. They also took the liquid and they threw it in the fire. I mean, science y'all, they threw it in the fire and the bl- the flames actually turned a bright blue, which is a sign of arsenic. So yeah. So even the family themselves believe that it wasn't like a, a spooky thing. Someone literally had poisoned them, whether it was the witch or whether it was someone else, they can't like determine, but that was the cause of death of John Bell. They couldn't have put it in the flame before doing it to the cat, no? <laughs> no, that would have made much more sense. Like, no, no. Maybe they didn't know that. Maybe it was like, but surely they would, because they're quite savvy with science back in the, those types. That was like the evolution kind of phase. Come on. Mm-hmm. There's no need to kill that cat. I know, no need for that. Um, so aside from that as well there's also as well as the house itself there is a bell witch cave again I had no idea this existed I kind of heard of it but I was like is this like to do with a film or something I didn't think it was real so there's also a cave that's affiliated with the haunting Um, the bell witch cave is a karst cave located in Adams Tennessee near where the bell farm once stood so there's a cave there that's wild as well right the cave is approximately 490 feet which is 150 meters long the cave today is privately owned and tours are actually given like um from summer to the october months so if we ever go to tennessee girl we go to the bell cave and we'll investigate girl the bell witch cave has been on my list since i was about 12 honestly my god Mm -hmm. so so as I said before, the cave is located on the property which was once owned by the Bell family, so the actual like site of the, the house itself. Many believe that when the witch depart when the family departed, the witch then went to the cave to live and she fled there for like sanctuary or whatever. Um there's a particular legend attached to the cave. Um uh apparently um <laughs> One of a week, as I would have done at that age, a group of young boys went to explore the cave at one point. And um, while they were there, one of the boys crawled into a hole and became stuck in the cave itself. <laughs> a voice, another disembodied voice, cried out, I'll get him out. <laughs> the boy felt hands grasping his feet and he was pulled out of the hole. <gasps> Um, apparently oh after, I know once the boy came out of the hole um, they, uh, supposedly the invisible entity they heard a voice basically telling them off for going in and then 
basically lecturing them on um basically reckless uh, cave exploring so the bitch was like telling them off for being in the cave basically so she helped them and the boys got out so that's one like legend that's like recorded to be known about the cave and stuff like that i didn't go into any more detail about it maybe we could do it like as a part two of this but um but yeah that's um that's what happened and stuff and i just thought see that bitch was nice she was only after john she was you know she was cool every other way and stuff so yeah slash betsy slash slash betsy she got it in the neck as well maybe she looked like john um (laughs) yeah so basically coming to an end um i just wanted to make some other uh, recommendations so the bell witch story has been turned into like lots of like books and novel well same thing books plays films it's inspired the play called spirit by david alford um and a novel called the little sister death by william gay heather gay william gay and several movies including an american haunting starring donald sutherland and sissy spacek of carrie fame um those those films are excellent um i would check those out i'm afraid i haven't read the book or seen the play but like you should definitely have a look if you're more interested in this there's also an excellent documentary called cursed the bell witch from a e that you can get online as well um so until this day apart from that time in 2018 the bell family haven't rec- recorded any more um disturbances or what have you she might make a reappearance in the near future but i think that bitch is finally happy with her law and doesn't want to disturb anyone anymore so that is a brief history and exploration of the bell witch haunting love that lauren that was so cool i love that story the bell witch and i I have watched all the stuff about it in the past nailed Mm. it i think a lot of this was like again for being like an is this place hunted podcast like last week and this week i'm like i think a lot of it's explainable I think so as well. Do you know this? I was thinking that. And you know what? And I hate to say it, and I don't want to accuse people or anything or, or assume that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was poisoned by his by someone that wanted to get away from mm. him. You know what I mean? Totally. And, I, and I think if that was the methodology that people used with the whole sort of gaslighting almost and like, oh, it's a mm-hmm. ghost. What a fucking clever plan. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's literally let's get these crazy bible belt fuckers to believe that it's a ghost and then we'll like make our freedom or even if it was the neighbor as well like what a pure mad crafty tale but again i agree with you i 100% think that it was probably a combination of hysteria built up because they they lived like in a weird isolated bible community and also someone that just had a vendetta against john bell i also think you're right i think you've hit the nail on the head like See if you were going to murder someone and you were like, oh, it was the ghosts. Mm. Like that wouldn't that wouldn't fly nowadays. Totally wouldn't but it fly. Does. But it's like, but back then, everything was so fantastical. You're probably like, oh yeah, of course it's that. Like the whole witch trials and stuff like that. Like no one, like, as much as I love the idea of being like a white witch or whatever, like I mean, the fact that they accused so many innocent people just for vendettas back then of and burnt them at the stake or drowned them or whatever or hung them literally you could like look at someone wrong or like discipline a child and that was you literally that's like that's basically it like do you know what i mean it's like it's it was it was a form it was a weaponized form of kind of i don't know like war i supposed in order to get seek out vendettas so that's probably what it was um nevertheless it's again it's one of the most well-documented cases in america there's eyewitnesses there was all these people that witnessed it so someone was 
crafting some amazing pranks or whatever that was going on but I also thought it was really poignant the fact that like someone was laughing at his funeral and they couldn't see it it could have been someone just a bit further away laughing in the trees or whatever do you know what I mean like haha fuck you literally could have been like an owl for all we know um so yeah and also big respect to the witch if she does exist that she helped those boys and then lectured them like a mother not to explore (laughs) so is this place haunted maybe maybe i would like to go to the bell witch cave i know there's been quite a lot of like weird photos and stuff that have been taken there so i would like to go there it's probably haunted af just because of how old it is probably but um are we growing up but now we're like nah these are these are mainly like you can explain this with logic i think if i just stopped at the this is what happened i think we both would have been like oh my god that's 100 haunted but because there was all these alternative theories as well i was like do you know what actually a lot of these make sense and the fact that they proved yeah. the fact that professor said that it was arsenic poisoning and they actually through science proved it was arsenic whether the witch did it or not I mean, the witch is kind of like a, you know, the witch represented some person. I don't think she represented an actual thing. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a paranormal um, thing. It was someone. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is my, that is my episode for this week. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And it was a really good episode. Lauren loved it. So loved much. the spookiness. Have you got an idea of what we're going to do next week? I know we're going to do a couple of bonus episodes soon of Sinister Sessions, which mm. we need to do, because we've got lots to cover. So I have, you know, I'm going to keep it as a surprise. Oh, yeah. Good for you, babes. Mm-hmm. I know someone, some, some, one of my um, friends that listens to the podcast did actually mention, she was like, oh, you should tell us what you're going to do in the next week. And I'm like, no, the element of surprise is everything. And we will announce it on Instagram when we see fit. But And sometimes I'll plan to do an episode and then I'm like, well, actually, I want to do this. So that's mm-hmm. why I'd stop telling them because I could change my mind too much. Me too, by the way. Remember when I was supposed to do the Drovers Inn for ages and I've just never done it. I think I'll do a mini episode with <laughs> that though. Because basically the Drovers Inn's got loads of ghosts, but it's just like a really like tiny venue. Do you know what I mean? So yeah literally so yeah no I have a few I do have a few ideas I mean because it's month of macabre oh my god we've not mentioned that uh, it's gonna have to be scary it's gonna have to be so scary um but yeah it's guys gonna be a classic. it's gonna be class every week um so yeah guys thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed the episode please tune in next week for our next episode on any bonus features that we decide to come out with because we're you know full of it um and i hope you're enjoying your month of macabre hope you're having a lovely spooky month and we will see you next week for the scary episode thanks guys When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.